You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out Podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you as always for another episode, episode 132 today. And today, I want to shift gears. We've been talking, you know, business processes and skill sets recently. I want to shift gears over into the kind of like financial world and certainly the macro financial world, like really a, a, you know, 20,000 foot view over what is going on and looking from a macro point of view. Because as you know, I love to talk about how to create an income, how to improve your cash flow, how to get that side hustle up and running. Because I mean, there's just... There is so there's no disadvantage to having an extra stream of income in your life, essentially. But what I really love to talk about, and what we don't talk about enough in this industry, I feel, is that how that how do we actually then put that money to work? What are we doing to make sure that the money that we're making is going into the correct places? Now, of course, before I go any further, of course, there's always you know a disclaimer in this kind of stuff where this is not financial advice. This is just you know education, and this is just sort of you know my view on the thing. So uh, you know, as always, just a, a disclaimer there. But essentially, as we say, you know, if we send our money to the right places, and it's got to be the right place for you, you know, you need to take care of your money, and you need to really learn how to take care of your money because no one's going to take better care of it than you. But you put your money in the right places for your goals and you will your money will come back with more friends. You know, it will come back with more money and your money will be making money. And when your money is making money, financial freedom is just a matter of time. You know, once that wealth loop starts, once that snowball starts to build momentum, it's purely a matter of time. If we put our money in the wrong places, uh, it's going to come back with fewer friends. It might not come back at all. And then all that work you've done to grow your income um, you know, it was for nothing. Essentially, unfortunately, you're going to you're going to have experiences and skills. But from a financial point of view, you're going to lose money. And again, you know, we see that in all parts of life. We see that, you know, people work 50 hours a week, you know, and, you know, crushing their souls in these workplaces and stuff like that. And then they just kind of like when the money comes, there's no plan for it. And they just give it to someone else. And sometimes that, that other person isn't quite, you know, up to scratch and doesn't really have their best interests at heart. You know, at the end of the day, you, you, you care about your money more than anyone else. And your money is, you know, your money, you've worked hard for it. So we really want to make sure that we know what are the right places for us and what we should do with it. So moving right along, let's talk about you know, whether we're talking the stock market, property market, currency markets, commodity markets, crypto markets, etc. At the end of the day, markets are driven by humans. You know, on any side of the equation, whether I'm buying a thing of oil, a stock, a coin, a currency, you know, a house, there's going to be me on one side buying and there's going to be a human on the other side selling. Now, that human who is selling has reasons to sell and myself as the buyer, as a human, has emotions and reasons to buy. Now, that kind of, you know, marriage of a seller and a buyer is the marketplace. You know, we have fruit markets, we have, you know, eBay and and Amazon online markets, and then we have stock markets, property markets. It always comes down to someone has something they're willing to sell and someone is willing to buy. But these people are both driven by emotion. And so this is where we always need to be very careful with, 
you know, like new technology in the markets and things that come out, like there's, there's incredible technology out there at the moment. But does that mean the technology is driving the stock price or the coin price up? Or is it the emotions of the human? Because at the end of the day, for all the technology, again, it always comes back to humans and, and a big group of humans together with emotions, um, you know, things can happen and things can go wrong. And that is always comes back to, again, in any business, everything we do, 99.9% of our decisions are driven by our emotions. You know, 99.9% of the decisions that we make are driven by the emotions of us as humans. And that is whether we've just paid for fuel and they tell you, you know, if you buy this chocolate bar for a dollar, you get five cents off your fuel, you know, like that dollar decision versus the million dollar house that you find, you know, it's the exact same emotions. The amount of money involved is fairly irrelevant, really, when it just comes to the human emotion of the buying decision or the human emotion of the selling decision. The amount of money can magnify the emotion, but it doesn't really change the fact that we have emotions in play making these decisions for us. So talking about emotions, if we're looking at sort of three things that are really driving what's going on in the markets at the moment, because we could look at, again, we could look at technical analysis. We could look at fundamental analysis. I could talk you through charts and volume and, you know, bearish divergences and, and all that kind of really boring stuff that's going to give everyone a headache. But I want to just talk about essentially three factors that are driving this current, you know, downturn and, and current sort of, you know, a little bit of a sell-off in the markets and all that kind of stuff. And we look at how we can prepare ourselves and we can protect ourselves as well. So, Let's talk about the emotion of FOMO and greed and the emotions of fear um, and, you know, even like the, the kind of emotional decision of, you know what, I just want to get my money back. So at the moment we had, well, at the moment we've got a lot of a downturn in the markets and really about November last year was sort of the peak. November 2021 was sort of the peak. And if you look at the markets and you zoom out, you're going to see pretty much everything, you know, I mean, some things like fuel prices and that, but like from a commodities point of view, but if we look at properties kind of peaked around the end of last year, stock markets sort of peaked last year, crypto sort of peaked the end of last year. And the lead up to that was really driven by a lot of FOMO because everyone was getting in on the action. Everyone was saying, hey, this one's going up, this stock's going up, this coin's going up, don't miss out. And there was that really like FOMO, fear of missing out. People were jumping in. And we also had people who were doubling, tripling down through greed. So you look at that, you know, real acceleration that we had from, you know, 2020, late 2020, but certainly all through 2021, this huge acceleration. Now, was it like, were all these companies suddenly coming out with incredible technology and huge, you know, breakthroughs in, in society? Or was, was there just greed? Was there just greed and FOMO? And once that kind of snowball starts, it can be very hard to stop. Because if someone's like, well, I bought it at a dollar and now it's gone to five, well, like it's going to keep going up. And then more people see it's gone from one to five. So more people are buying in. That drives the price up to 10, 15. More people see it. And we get this, you know, self-fulfilling cycle where the FOMO and the greed are driving this acceleration. Unfortunately, then, you know, things can tend to go wrong. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second one, what, what sort of, you know, triggered these things a little bit. But once things start to go wrong, 
then the emotions kick in, but again, the other way. Once there's a little bit of fear that it can go down, you're going to have sellers who are fearful and they're fearful and they're saying, you know what, I've just, I've got to get my money out. Like it just, even if I just get my money back, like it's going down, but I'm going to sell at the point where I break even. The, this huge mindset of, of, can I just break even? You see so many investors like, you know, and they'll sit there and they'll go through horrible times or boom times and it'll go up and down all over the place. And then one day they'll just say, you know what, I'm breaking even, I'm out. And so there's that fear and I've just got to get my money back that can self-fulfill as well. And we can have a snowball, but negative. And once people start selling, people see the stock price go down. Other people start to sell, which drives the price down further. Other people start to sell because the price gets driven down further and further and further. So the first thing we've seen, certainly over the last 18 months, particularly and really tightly in this last six months with the turnaround from about November last year, is the change in emotions from kind of greed to fear. So again, nothing really changed technologically in the last 18 months. I mean, there's certainly like from a society point of view, 2020, we had lockdowns, we started to open back up and we returned to an element of normality. But a lot of the companies and coins and currencies and stuff that people were buying, there was no drastic fundamental change in the stock. There was just greed and now there's fear. So the first step is how do you protect yourself from the emotions of the market is always understanding that like when you have your money in, you can do all the technical analysis in the world. You can do all the, you know, study all that. Once you have your money in and the like the, the emotions of the market are starting to play, that's a skill you can only learn by being in the market. So you can't read about emotions in books. I mean, you, you can, I should say. There, there are very good books about you know market emotions, but until you experience them, you can do all the, the study on charts and paper trading and all that kind of stuff, but until you experience your own money. But always be wary of like, is what I'm buying actually fundamentally good or are the market emotions just driving this in the short term? If you want long-term money, you need to be making decisions that aren't affected by short-term greed or short-term fear. So when you have your own money in, when you start to invest, when you start to just put little bits of money in, you start to feel those emotions, you start to grow your own you know, emotional control, your own emotional IQ, and you can look back and just zoom out a little bit and look at this market and say, you know what? Is the market, is what I'm buying like actually really cool new technology? Is it something that's going to be around and give a lot of value to people? Or is it pure emotions first? So that's the first thing. Second one. Now, this is the other part where I think, <clears throat> you know, so well, certainly two and three. This is where I think we, we started to turn the corner a bit the end of last year. But one of the biggest things that happened, you know, through COVID was that the money supply became incredibly loose you know, people were being paid a lot of money to stay at home. Now, you know, we can talk about all that, you know, another day, but that's just the reality of what was done. People were being paid money to stay at home and money became very cheap. You know, rates were dropping all around the world. You can get money for, you know, half a percent interest, like just ridiculous. And companies could get it even cheaper. Now, once there's a lot of money supply around and it's very cheap, people are able to justify a higher risk. So the higher risk means they're going to be putting their money in with higher leverage, 
you know, into high, more volatile, like higher volatility markets into riskier places. Because you know what? If I lose it all, I can get it back very quickly because money is cheap. And when money is cheap and easy to get, it's easier to bounce back from a loss. So we see people's risk appetites increase. Now, again, as the, as the kind of calendar turns and we move into the, the start of 2022, money supply has been tightened. You know, the sort of US Fed especially, they've really pulled back a lot of their you know money printing and they're starting to pull money out of the economy that they've been pushing in essentially since the GFC. And interest rates have always gone have also gone up. So now we have more expensive, harder to access money. Now, when money is more expensive and harder to access, people's risk appetite decreases. And they're going to move from, you know, higher risk to safer investments. And still, you know, for everything that's out there, still cash, you know, in your back pocket or under your mattress for a lot of people is the safest thing you can do. So we've got a market emotion driven by greed and fear, and we've got market emotion driven by risk appetite. So factors one and two, we need to understand that a lot of this is sort of, you know, greed times risk. (laughs) That's scary. You know, like huge accelerations in the market cannot happen without, you know, some greed and some and people taking high, high risk. Now, high risk is when things are going up, you look like a genius, you know, and, and like everyone's making money. It's all, you know, it's all fun and games when everyone's making money. But can you control your risk appetite and your greed when the money supply tightens, when it's harder to bounce back, when it becomes more expensive, when people are rushing to safer assets, that are outside of the markets and back into putting cash under their mattress. So you always need to, again, we talk about the best investment for you. What is your risk profile? And are you being caught up in other people's risk profiles? Are you seeing people saying, you know what, I turned $1 into a million dollars. Well, are they only telling you about the wins? You know, there's a there's a really good thing of you know, sometimes market trading and that can can look really cool, but it's actually just a bit of a glorified gamble. And, you know, we know gamblers will tell you about the wins. They don't always tell you about the losses. So are they telling you about the wins and the losses or are they just telling you about the wins? Is their risk appetite so high that they've made a lot, but they've lost a lot and they're telling you about the good ones, but they're not telling you about the bad ones? Be wary of your own risk profile and be wary of the risk profile of the people you're talking to. Make sure you find someone with it, you know, who understands your own risk profile and is willing to help you align your investment goals with your own risk profile. Now, the third one, and the other thing that's leading to this kind of, you know, the turn in the markets and really accelerating now some of the kind of fear and this this run to cash, is that we have inflation. And if you're not aware of inflation, um, you know, you must, you, you're doing very well to avoid the media because the media is all about inflation at the moment. Every shop you go to, everything's getting more expensive, especially, you know, staples like food and fuel are getting much, much more expensive. Now, when you buy a stock or a currency or a house, you have unrealized capital gains, what we call unrealized capital gains. So if I buy a stock for 100 and it goes to 150 I have you know in inverted commas made $50 going from 100 to 150 but the reality is I haven't actually 
made that money in my pocket. It's a capital gain, but what we call is it's an unrealized capital gains. So if you want to realize your capital gains, you sell. So if I want to realize that $50, if I want to get that $50 that I've made and put it in my back pocket, I sell the stock. So again, you know, what are my emotions for buying? What are my emotions for selling? Well, some of them are like, well, you know what? I've made my money and now I want to realize it. Some are selling because of fear. Some are selling just to get out. Some are selling it. You know what? I've made some really good money and it's hard to go broke if you make money, you know, and they're selling. So everyone has different reasons for selling. We've always got to remember that. We'll come back to what we we're talking about at the start. But the reality is at the moment with the costs of living increasing, a lot of people who made good money through investing, through smart investing, through luck, through right place, right time, a lot of people who made money through 2020 and 2021 are now at a point where they're saying, you know what, that house that I bought for 700000 that's now 900000 I need to sell it because I need that $200,000 to pay for these increased costs of living. I need to actually realize these gains to pay the bills. And same with stocks, same with currencies, same with everything. Like People need to realize their money so they can pay the bills. I can't go to the shops and say, you know what, there was no milk for the kids' breakfast, but hey, I've got a property that's worth about $3 million and I only paid $1 million for it. Can you just put it on that tab, right? I can't have that conversation. I've got to sit there and say, you know what, if I want that $2 million, I've got to sell that house. So we're seeing more and more selling at the moment through risk appetite decreasing through people running to cash, the fear, and people needing to actually realize the capital gains so they can keep up with the costs of living. So those three factors, to me, are some of the big emotional macro factors that are driving the market. And again, this is not financial advice, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think we're going to, you know, I think we're just really starting. I don't think we're even seeing the worst of it yet. And I don't say that with any kind of excitement because it's it's going to hurt a lot of people. But the markets, you know, markets go in cycles. There will be times of, you know, opportunity. There will be times of challenge. And I think we're in a time where there's more challenge than opportunity, but that cycle will turn around to times where there's more opportunity than challenge. And so as we turn, as we, you know, turn this and we look at, you know what, how are you investing? We talk about how do you protect yourself from this is personally, you need to understand the difference between capital gains and cash flow before you even put a dollar in. It's one of the most important things for an investor to understand that if you're investing for capital gains, there's an exciting emotional based roller coaster ride that goes with it. Um, you know, exciting and, uh, and unexciting at times. There's ups and downs, right? Can you handle your emotions? Can you handle your risk? And can you understand that you haven't made a cent until you sell? And when you sell, sometimes you have to sell in a market that's not exactly ideal what it was. You know, you could go to sleep and tomorrow the market's up or it's down and you don't really have control of that. Versus, and this is why personally, not, you know, disclaimer, this is just what I do. Pretty much every single investment we make is cash flow heavy. It's about, you know what, I'm going to sit on this property and I'm going to sit on it for years and years and years, decades, because if it goes up and down, you know, that's great if it goes up, that's a bit frustrating if it goes down, but you know what, I want the rent that comes through every week. I want to buy stocks that pay dividends because the dividends that come through every week, I can pay those bills or every quarter, every, you know, twice a year, whatever it is with the stocks. The rent comes in every week, every month, 
I can pay the bills with that. And that's why network marketing, your cash flow vehicle of network marketing is so incredible because the cash flow that comes through every week, I mean, you just can't beat that, right? That's incredible. And that's why we have the most amazing thing with network marketing because those, you know, that cash flow that just comes every single week, incredible. You can And you can pay your bills. With the cost of living going up, you have this extra income stream that can help you do that. So, bit of a longer one again today, a bit wordy, you know, it kind of went into some heavier stuff. And I do totally understand that. I do respect that, that, you know, maybe you need to listen to it another t- a couple of times for just some of those words to sink in. But hey, um, it's an exciting topic. You know, it is a topic that I'm passionate about talking about. And as I say, it's it's not exciting in some ways that some people could lose a lot of money soon, on, and which is very unfortunate. But it's also exciting in that there, with any challenge, there will be opportunity. And if you can protect yourself from the bad times, you can really prosper in the good times. You can really go out and you can protect yourself now. You can be aware of the emotions of the market. You can address your own risk. You can understand how to invest in cash flow versus capital gains. And from there, you can really, truly change your life. There will be opportunities. There are always opportunities, but there will definitely be opportunities coming up where things that you would like to buy are cheaper than they normally are. And you can buy these at a cheaper price and set yourself up for the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years. Really start that legacy, um, you know, because you're protecting yourself now and you're doing the work now. Anyway, guys, that's it for today's episode. I'm going to jump off now. So I hope you have an amazing weekend, whatever it is that you are doing. I hope that it is happy, healthy and successful weekend for you. Uh, Otherwise, guys, I will see you for another episode on Monday. Catch you then. Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan. For your seven-step system to financial freedom and other tools and resources to help you grow your business fast, go to www.andrewlogan.net. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, keep moving forward.